I'm just very well trained. Woof. When um, uh, Pavlov is out having dinner with his friend and 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 hears a bell ring and he thinks, oh, I gotta go feed the dog. So hey everybody, welcome to episode 59 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra and I'm in Toronto, Ontario and I'm joined once again by my co-host Aaron Bay in Whitby, Ontario. I sure am. How's it going? And I'm also joined by Jaime Lopez in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And our third co-host, Mark Rubin, down in San Jose, California. Hey. Blame Skype. Don't blame me. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I wasn't blaming you. I'm blaming technology. The gods Fine. and all. Stupid Skype. I know. Stupid Skype. <laughs> Stupid internet, stupid Rogers, stupid Bell. No, no, no. Tech savvy. Are you with tech savvy, really? Big time. Huge fan. I know somebody, I know somebody else is with them. Well, you should know a lot of people because they're the best. Are they? Why? Aren't they just using Bell's, Bell's lines? Yeah, but do you know the deal, man? They're, no, what's they're the leasing, deal? They're leasing the lines from Bell and Rogers, right? Yeah. And they resell it uh, because they buy it in bulk. Uh, mm-hmm. Your prices are much lower. Your per month costs are lower. Uh, mm-hmm. Your bandwidth caps are higher. Um, I actually don't have a bandwidth cap, and uh, and the the service is fantastic. It's like it's just like just a dumb pipe. Um, so what is it? What's your what's your committed rate and like in terms of download and upload? And then what's your what's your monthly cost? So cable, I am. Are you on cable I'm, too? Yeah, I've got a hundred and fifty meg service. Mm-hmm. Um, Megabits, right? Megabits per second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually pretty good. Show me. Yeah. That's actually pretty good, you think? Uh, yeah, think yeah. <laughs> they actually don't offer that plan right now on their website. They ha- they have a 100 meg service um, yeah. for $60. Um, they also have this thing, it's called Zap the Cap. And when you normally have a data cap of 400 uh, gigabytes per month, mm-hmm. right? That's which their, is still a lot. Which is a lot, right? But yeah. if you opt in for this program called Zap the Cap, what, uh, what happens is that you're between the hours of 8 p.m. and midnight, I think, uh, they reduce your bandwidth to 15 megabits. In okay. exchange for taking that lower bandwidth uh, for those four hours a day, they will knock your cap off. You will have unlimited internet. And that's something that you can, you can switch on and off. Does that affect your Netflix or whatever? Or? No, 15 megabits is plenty for Netflix. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, but for everything else, like through the day, you know, like Mm -hmm. actually when I'm really tasking the internet, like downloading iOS updates and Xcode, for example, like it's on my computer. Boom. And and an uploading speed or 10 megabits. 10? Yeah. 150 down, 10 up. And that's actually why I got it. Like I didn't care about the 150 so much. It's the 10. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. But uh, that's a huge deal for me. So. It's great, uh, and they're very reliable, and they are a dumb pipe. They're not trying to sell me a bundle like Rogers yeah, and Bell yeah. do, and it's nothing like that at all. So uh, and their service is great. You can bug them on Twitter, and they'll yeah. jump all over it. It's cool. Well, you're already paying less than I am by at least, at least 30 or $40. Almost certainly. Um, and I don't get near near the, the amount of download you get. You can um, get how does that... Tech Savvy, too. Just call them up. Yeah, I know. Like I said, the guy who works for me across the street, he actually uses that. So um, how does that compare with the kind of deals you guys get in the States? Like what do you what do you guys have to do for to get good internet in the states? I use Comcast, which you know, which is the cable company around here. You know, it's it's not bad. I mean, it's it's actually fairly fast now. I, I'm getting probably close to uh, 75 megabits um, download mm. speed typically now, but it's not cheap, and it's bundled in with you know with cable and phone and all that. Right. So you know, so it, it's not it's not cheap, but it's really mm. the only option. 
pretty similar over here. Comcast is the regional uh, cable monopoly. I think the, the setup is the same. I don't have a data cap, or at least I've never run into it if they have an informal one. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's uh, like Time Warner or other, or maybe even other regions within Comcast network. Oh. I don't have a data cap either, by the way. Often an informal data cap with uh, the carriers there, because I've heard these stories, right, that, oh, you got up to 200 gigabytes and uh, we're going to throttle you now. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, th- like we've heard those stories and, you know, they come and they go. We don't know what the official policy is and it's better mm-hmm. left unsaid as far as they're concerned. So, yeah. So how long have you been with tech savvy, Aaron? Just years, close up? years and years. Really? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You know, if you don't think about it, you think you only have two choices here, either well, Rogers that's it. Cable like, or well, Bell, right? So. We're, to, to make this a Canadian show for a moment. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys. Um, but, um, we're we're very lucky because the CRTC has sort of deregulated the yeah. um, the carrier business such that third parties can can enter into the market and lease and resell the uh, the bandwidth that mm-hmm. they buy from these uh, from Rogers and, and Bell. Right. Uh, right. So that's you know like it behooves us all the nerds to take advantage of this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, you have a very deal. good point. You have a very good point there, and that reminds me of something we, we that we talked about on Twitter, but we didn't talk about in the show, and that was when I went to check about getting an iPhone six S. Oh, man, Um, I would love to talk about that. Yeah, so what happened for me was, as we had this discussion last year when we talked about our sixes, Aaron has a a really sweet phone deal, so he doesn't want to change that. So he goes to the Apple Store and just buys a phone out, right? Well, that's what I did last year, yes. Yeah, and then for me, um, I've always been, uh, I've you know, I just realized today that, that, you know, I've had eight eight out of the nine past models of iPhones. In other words, I've I've only missed the last one, which is a 6S. You mean this one? Yeah, this one, the current one, right? Yeah. I, I normally get the phone on day one, but this is the first year I haven't done that. Okay. So, um, and the reason was I called up Rogers, and I think last year or two years ago, the CRTC here deregulated our plan so that we don't have to have a three-year um, plan with the with the carrier to keep to get, get a device. We now have a two-year uh, plan. So what they did was they wanted to change change my plan so that I get less service and pay more money. And they wanted to charge me way more for the phone. Like, we're, yes, ad- admittedly, there's an exchange rate difference between Canada and the U.S. Oh I think God. we're currently around 75 cents on a dollar or something like that, right? 70. And, uh, Which yeah, is the it's... lowest it's been in eons, right? But the price of the phone is like, so for us to get a 64 gig, um, the short part part of my story is it's cheaper, it's better for me probably to just go to the Apple store and buy a phone than it is to stick with my carrier, right? And and, and pay through the pay through their deal because they want five hundred and fifty dollars plus they want to ruin my ruin my phone plan, right? So that's the thing. Like you you last year got a new phone on your plan, so you have yeah. to pay off the subsidy. Yeah. Um, and well, I'm you, staggered. This is this would technically be my, my wife's phone, so she's eligible this year for, for okay. Phone. Right, right. But uh, oh, okay, so uh, you okay? I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm looking at uh, Telus's site right now, actually, and uh, you know how like phones used to be like 199, yeah, you know, and then on a three year plan, right, and you'd pay yeah. off the difference over the course of your plan. Right yeah. now, that 64 gigabyte iPhone 6s is $530 Canadian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's your walk in the door price. That used to be two hundred dollars, or yep. actually, I think it was three hundred, really, because it was a step up. But yep. like to almost double is yeah. just blows my mind. And for the for the sake of our American uh, listeners who, who may have tuned out by now, I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm shocked to learn that they you improved to, by going to two year contracts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're like dropping them like flies. Like, yeah, oh, it's it's the no contract contract kind of thing now. Well, I think okay. that's it's going to head there too for sure. Yeah. But, but but with the two year contracts, they're mandated, right? So you can't even have three year contracts anymore. Mm-hmm. But 
But the math is making it even worse, right? Because you've got fewer months to pay off your subsidy, and so the cost goes way up, right? And then you combine that with the fact that the exchange rate from the U.S. dollar has just gone right in the toilet. It's unbelievably bad. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been this bad since I was a kid. You're looking at a $530 just to walk in, and then you still have to pay off that again because the the phone is $1,029 if you were to buy it from Apple. And just to be clear here, I haven't started making 30% more money in the last year. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like, I can't fathom like how, how well the iPhone sales have done in Canada because most Canadians are going to approach this and be like, oh, yeah, I want the new iPhone, of course. And then they get up there and it's like $1,000 if you want to buy it off, you know, off contract. Or instead of paying like $200 or $300, you're paying almost $600. And, tax for sure, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, who's going to do that? Like, people are just going to turn around and walk out, I would think. But yeah. maybe not, because, you know, we've seen the numbers. iPhone 6S sales have been terrific, but we haven't seen the numbers for Canada. We'll never see those numbers. Well, so one of one of my buddies was telling me that he's in, he lives in Berlin, and um, he, long story short, he just he, he has to go to, to the store to buy a phone. So he walked in on day one, and there was one guy in line in front of him, right, to buy a new iPhone mm. 6. And they took his, so he was the second guy in the store and he took his picture and, you know, gave him the high five and all this kind of stuff. And he thinks it's because the other guy didn't even buy a phone. Once he got in and saw what the price was, he just sort of said, screw it and left, right? In so Germany. I, and I, in, yeah, in, in Berlin. And I don't yeah. even, and like, there was like nobody in the line, right? Like, if you want to, by the way, if you want to get an iPhone, go to Berlin. But, um, yeah, but yeah, it was like, you know, um, crazy, right? So it, the, the, I mean, the other side of that is, is the phone that he got was not working very well. And so after two days, he ended up taking it back. And then they gave him back his money because they have no phones to replace it with. So Okay. But anyway, it's just, yeah, it's crazy, like, pricing. What's the, what's the pricing like down in the U.S. of A? Come on, Tim. I mean, everybody well, knows that. The base it's the price same. Is it Apple. never changes. Yeah. It's a, yeah. If, if, you have, <laughs> if you're willing to sign a two-year contract, it's a couple hundred bucks. A couple hundred? Yeah. Yep. And you've wow. got the, uh, the upgrade program uh, that you can do, too, if you like. Uh, where you pay them a monthly installment and you've always got a brand new phone. That's true, mm. but that doesn't do you any good if you're like me, where you're halfway through a contract. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So you'd have to pay to break that contract. Yes. Out? Yes. In okay. fact, I just looked at the uh, the website for my carrier, and they're saying if I want to upgrade, they're happy to let me upgrade to a brand new success for four hundred fifty dollars. Right. And and would you? Uh, so here's the question: Would you even consider that? No, probably not. Because four hundred and fifty dollars is what six hundred or something Canadian, Aaron. Yeah, thereabouts. Oh, actually, that's the four hundred and fifty is for the for the sixteen gig, not even the nice. Yeah, one. Wow. So, right, because yeah. that's yeah. that's the two hundred dollars for the for the new phone and and another two hundred to break your to subsidy. break the old contract. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Mm. Makes yep. sense. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a pricey proposition. You know, you look at this little piece of hardware that you hold in your hand, and it's I think it boggles a lot of people's mind how expensive it is. You know, um, like in Canada, the thousand dollar phone. You know, this this little, yeah. you know, sliver of, of technology in my hand is so packed with advanced features that that's how much it costs. And uh, there's a I think there's a big surprise for a lot of Canadians in particular uh, who are who are truly seeing that cost for the first time. Yeah. Well, they're used to the zero dollar phones, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that brought up on that. people walk into a, a phone carrier store and just say, give me the free phone, whatever that is. You know, just give me that. Yeah. Uh, for better yeah, or for worse. Currently, it's a 6, I think, or maybe a 5. 5S. Five five the 5S right now. 5S? Mm-hmm. I believe is a free phone. Something to consider. Yeah. Interesting I'm, stuff. Well, I'm sort of wondering right now what to do about uh, an iPad. So I've been, I need to buy a new iPad. I've been talking about this for a while, and I was waiting yeah. for the new ones to come out. But mm-hmm. then the uh, the Air 2, they didn't upgrade it. So, you know, it's the same, the same model as Astro. So now I'm wondering, do I 
do I actually enjoy just go by Nier 2 and have something that I'll never I'll never forget that it's really one year old technology. <laughs> oh yeah, that's so hard. I, can, I have my old mini here, here. I think it's an it's what four year old technology, right? Yeah, the original mini. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I, yeah, the original mini. I'm not sure what. Yeah, it's the same one as as an iPad two. Yeah, that that's right. Oh wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's four years. Yeah. Four year mm-hmm. technology. Yeah. Yeah, Mark. Uh, I sort of the same way. Like looking at my my Air, my first generation Air, and yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like the thing is, of course, is it doesn't take advantage of those great iOS nine features, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so every time I swipe from the right side of the screen, and you know, trying to look at a new picture, for example, um, in photos, and instead it brings out that multitasking tray, which um, is not terribly useful in you know, like multitasking mode on an on Air instead of an Air two, mm-hmm. because it's uh, it's just an overlay. It's not you know two separate apps and so like say i'm watching uh, major league baseball like uh the jays clinched the al oh, so east tonight so which it's very exciting. The, the other part of the view is underneath the yeah the right so tray, like right? Okay. i'm, I'm right. watching a video in major league baseball and i swipe over from the right to like bring up my twitter stream well mm-hmm. the video stops because it's not foremost anymore mm-hmm. oh really crazy. really yeah just, wow. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. There's Marcus Stroman just looking pensive, uh, and Magpie's out here on the side tray, and uh, the video's frozen. Oh. Driving me nuts. But of course, you could put the video into picture in picture mode, and uh, you can do that on yours. You can do that. Yeah, every okay. iPad can do picture in picture. Okay. But uh, what you can't have are two simultaneously running apps. You can only do that on the Air Two and the Mini Four, right, which right. was just announced. But now, like, look at the iPad Pro. Okay, and the yeah. technology in there—that is the next generation stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that technology, like they say, the ability to be used with the pencil, for example, um, mm-hmm. the faster frame rate on the display, the pressure sensitivity—that stuff is probably going to come to the next generation iPad Air. And so, I think I'm going to like swallow my my pride, and <laughs> I'm going to hold off on any purchase whatsoever. iPhone six, I'm going to keep it. iPad Air, I'm going to keep it. And next year, I think that a lot of great stuff is going to be trickling down. Down. Yeah, so I'm gonna hold off until then. Yeah, I'm not sure what to do because I'll be kicking myself if if in three months they come out with an Air Three right after I buy it. <laughs> no, right? no way, no way, no way, no way. Which is likely to happen. <laughs> no, the trick is to watch me when I buy something. They'll come up with something a week later. Okay, so can you buy something right now, Tim? <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna buy. I'm probably gonna buy the Pro when it comes out because I'm gonna try and resist not buying the iPhone 6s, and then yep. and I'll just I'll get a Pro, you know? Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I bought the Air, Air Two last year, and and to be honest with you. I really wanted a mini with Touch ID, mm. but I didn't want to buy the Mini Three because it didn't have you know the latest, it, <laughs> latest thing. Is it just had Touch ID, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was an it was an, inc- an upgrade from the Mini that I currently have, but still, it wasn't to me. It wasn't a compelling enough reason to do it. And and long story short, I had a discount to buy a proper I- iPad, so I you know it made a, like a twenty five dollar difference for me. So it was a no brainer, right? And I didn't I didn't really use the iPad two for the longest time, and you know the iPhone six. Plus, for me, it does you know a lot of what I would do on an iPad to begin with, and it wasn't until multitasking came out and I started playing with it that I've actually gone back now to my to my uh, Air Two for things you know other than like when I'm sitting on the couch and want to bring up IMDb when I'm watching a movie or something like that or for Netflix or what have you right so like some things that are just better looked at on the iPad than they are on any device even a phone right so totally totally mm-hmm. of course mm-hmm. getting an iPad Pro might be. Worth it, if only to make sure that your apps still work, right? So somebody oh, tweeted out that uh, there's a new app icon required for the iPad Pro, 167 by 167. Oh, really? Yeah. That's not an even number. Uh, that's what it says. I mean, this is from the developer <laughs> Apple.com. We know it's like across the way, it's 180, 120, 120, 152, 76, and 167 for 
iPhone 6s Plus, iPhone 6s, iPhone 4s, iPad, iPad 2, and iPad Pro. Wow, isn't that funny? I guess Apple's just once and for all saying, okay, One X does not exist anymore. We don't even know what that really? is. Really? They, they must be, because, you know, if you, you would normally make a One X version of that, 167, mm-hmm. which is, here, just doing a little math, divided by two. Yeah, 83 is and a half. 83 and a half. But you right? for Bernicia 83 and a half. Yeah. Or something like that. The, only thing, the only column they have with a One X is the iPad 2 and iPad Mini, which is 76 by 76 for the app icon. So what does 167 divide by? Two. Well, it doesn't divide evenly by two. Not evenly. So you're going to have a half pixel. But nobody cares, right? Because there are no One X devices out there. The the, uh, iPad Mini, the original iPad Mini, and the iPad Air... uh, Sorry, the iPad 2. Those were the... The, the last uh, are they off sale? those are off sale now? yeah no those are no longer for sale actually yeah the uh, even the iPad mini is is not on for sale anymore right so that's it they're gone and it, and it's I guess you not are. not surprising that in that same breath Apple was announcing a you know an asset size that simply would not uh, work on a one x display hmm. Hmm. so does that mean we're all we're all lightning display lightning connections now too right uh, yeah, that's right. I don't think Apple sells anything that is a 30-pin connector anymore. Mm-hmm. Fully modernized lineup. But, of course, there's all kinds of, th- of new technologies that much of the lineup doesn't have, and that's the new stuff, right? Like, I, I was just talking about this with a friend today. We are talking about the Apple Pencil. Like you, Tim, he's very interested in the iPad Pro because of, you know, the I think the new interactions that it's going Drawing to allow. Drawing and coloring. Drawing. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so the Apple Pencil, I think, is so cool, but, um, you know, I think... I think the ability to use a pencil is going to come to the rest of the lineup in uh, in a year or so, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when the next uh, refresh comes. And so I'm looking forward to that. You know, I was thinking, and uh, I even said this to my friend, you know, I bet you that uh, a pencil with an iPhone 7 would actually be really nice. Mm. Think about it. iPhone 7, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I might have pencil. to get the Hermes cuff band for my watch so I can have some place to holster the pencil. You could totally do that, and you would look utterly badass in it. I mean, absolutely. Be fashionable, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So start now, start working on your app to make it accept the old uh, Palm script. Remember that? Yeah. Now, yes. Graffiti. Yeah. Oh yeah, graffiti. Graffiti. Yeah. graffiti yeah. Yeah. Well, that, didn't that actually start on 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 Newton? I'm pretty sure it did. No, Newton's big thing was natural handwriting recognition. No, no, no. They, somebody started somebody started writing graffiti on Newton as far as oh, I, well, I remember. Sure and then it possible. went over to, to Palm afterwards. Oh, interesting. Oh, I didn't know you that. Could, you could get in, I'm pretty sure you could get graffiti for Newton back in the day. So, hmm. But I was snobbish and said, no, no, my handwriting is fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> Eat at March. <laughs> so something funny and... that Mark said earlier was that uh, it's possible that we might see a mid-season refresh of the iPad line. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's what he said. And it's happened. It has happened, yeah. But it's yeah. happened in sort of the early history of the iPad, and they seem to have settled into this annual refresh schedule. Yeah, yeah. When I bought my yeah. iPad 3, which is oh, yeah. what I you got currently burned. use, I, got, I totally got burned, yeah, because the, iPod, the iPad 4 came out three months later. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. yeah the iPad yeah. 3 was the shortest-lived iPad ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it only lasted six months. They, they brought it out at a fall um, event, but then the next spring they came out with the iPad 4. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, the original iPads started shipping in April. Yeah. So I think we had an April, and then we had another, I think the iPad 2 came out in the April following, if not somewhere around there, anyway, March, April. Oh, I'm sure somebody out there knows, who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's not forget the iPad 3 was hilariously known as the new iPad. Mm-hmm. Right, that's right. right. <laughs> yeah, many, many, many blackened eyes over that one. But uh, fair to say, not I Not only is it I slow, but think... it's 32-bit, so I can't install any of these nice content blockers. So I see lots really? of lots of ads. Nope. Yep. That's yeah, right. Yeah, you need sixty four bit for that. 
So iPad 3 can't do that. Nope. iPad 4 can't do it. Um, the the only one is the Air and up. Am I right about that? Is, that, uh... is the Air 64-bit? Yeah, the... uh, I don't even know. Yeah, the Air is 64-bit. Okay, then, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the iPad 4 is not. Speaking of content blockers, which we've been doing for the last three weeks, um, <laughs> let's go there again. Okay. I just co- a quick question, because so I, I, you're right. I totally am noticing now that I've got iOS 9 running on my two main devices that the contact blockers are great in Safari, right? But mm-hmm. if you're in Twitter or you're in Facebook or in LinkedIn or Slack, Slack's got a new, you know, built-in web browser as well, you don't get the benefit of Well, asterisk blocking. here. If, yeah. if the app that you're using uses Safari View Controller then uh, you will get the benefit of those ad blockers. But if they are using like a, a, a custom view controller with a UI web yeah. view or a WK web view in it, yeah, you don't get that benefit at all. Oh, so that's what's required. Was, right. was, my question was going to be what is going to be required for those people, but you just answered it. Yeah, so Twitterific, for example, um, does mm-hmm. use a Safari view controller for its mm-hmm. web views, and mm-hmm. it does get the benefit of ad blockers. Ooh. Yeah, so another reason to use Twitterific. But then uh, I'm sure Tweetbot, I believe, is uh, in the midst of being reviewed uh, on the App Store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure that one will have a Safari View controller as well. Yeah. The more you know. Did you listen to uh, ATP? I did not. This week. Okay. Um, because in ATP, we talked last week about Peace and how it was withdrawn yeah. from the App Store. Uh, Marco went into uh, some more detail about uh, his decision making, and they spent about an hour talking about it. But never answered my question about why he pulled it from the store which was, to my mind, really quite disappointing. I guess, you know, to to paraphrase it, he said that he just felt bad about it. He didn't want to be the guy that was responsible for making an ad blocker. So he decided to pull it. But he never really explained, you know, who it was that was giving him the grief that made him want to do that, that made him feel bad about... So um, he, was, he felt he was doing something unclean or yeah essentially under, underhanded or uh, no, well <laughs> see i don't i don't really know having listened to him talk about it for an hour that's the thing so <laughs> during that hour he spoke passionately about the need for ad blocking technology right okay. um yeah. you know as he's blogged over the summer since ad blockers came out um he's been a very vocal proponent of ad blocking technology for all the reasons that you know we are in favor of it right because okay. um the publishers have gone too far the ad networks have gone too far uh they're tracking without our permission um, mm-hmm. it's, it's like an exchange that, uh, we do not participate in that we're forced to do. Um, and they have far too much information about us and let's face it, they've, they've added so much cruft to the web pages that it's made the web itself, uh, a, a terrible place to be. And mm-hmm. for all these reasons, you know, and he's, he speaks passionately about it, you know, like he's extremely in favor of ad blockers and he's going to continue using them. There's nothing that's going to stop him. However, he personally does not want to be the guy making one. And so he talks about, I actually really enjoyed listening to this part of what he was saying because it really uh, echoed with my own heart. You know, he got into making the software and he got so excited about the success he was having in building it that he never stopped to think about whether he ought to build it. And I, I can kind of get that way myself, you know, like I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this, you know, video sharing app and it's so cool. Oh my God, it's working. And it's, you know, it's doing what I want. I'm so excited about it. And, uh, you know, you, you stop thinking about whether anybody's going to give a crap about it or not. Right. Mm. Because, you know, you're on this, uh, this line of, of work and it's, it's coming out fine and it's serving your needs, but you know, that's what Marco did. But then, you know, when it came out and then when it was super successful, and this is where he stops giving any detail, um, <laughs> I guess he, he, he found that there was a lot of disapproval out there. And like I said last week, I think a lot of that disapproval came from people that he respects uh, in the news media. 
Mm-hmm. He never mm-hmm. mentioned that. He, 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 I think, went to great length to not mention so, that. Well, let me ask you a question, then, in, sure. in respective of him. Have you seen any negative reactions from the media about ad blocking? Oh, yeah. You oh, have? yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, because before you answer that, let me, let me just give you a bit of background, of course. You know, as you know, Aaron, you like to say I've been involved in everything. You really have. Uh, You're I amazing. have, yeah. <laughs> as you know, I host a number of websites, like something in the neighborhood of 100 or so. You know, a lot of them are ones that I curate and things like that. And, and you know, so I put up, you know, I, make, I ask people to give me like 300 by 250, 250 ad, and, and I put up a link, and, and I manage that link. And I, I used to use some um, ad services like... I forgot link share, link exchange, something like that. And there was one called OpenX, which was a yeah, it's an open source server that I, I use that one. Yeah, well, I used to use it, and I, I stopped using it at one point because it got hacked by some Eastern European baddies, and and they started putting in all kinds of crazy stuff in there. And I felt that since I had, like you were saying last week, Renee said he had no control over what ads go get displayed on his pages. Indeed. I don't buy that because basically I got out of using OpenX because because of the fact that I didn't like the control I had. So so like I say, now we we have our own we curate our own banner, our own ads, we've written our own ad servers and that kind of stuff. And we so we know what's going on, right? And we're not at the we're not at the mercy of somebody else. And yeah, I, so I haven't made any money from ads, but the whole point of of advertising is to promote other products, right? Not to make, yeah, to make money and to pay for your services and that kind of stuff. But you have a choice over how you how you promote what how you ex ex. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you have a choice over how you um, display ads on your on your servers. You you know, and whether you use pop ups and stuff like that, which are it's bar none and annoying, right? To so. me, I think I think what's happened is that these these large sites, right, and. Um, you know, I don't know your sites, Tim. So maybe yeah, you can tell large. me. Yeah, they're not large. <laughs> I but, mean, some, um, some of them are. Some of them are going concerns, but they're not. You know, they're not in the numbers of like an iMore or Verge or anything like that. Right? You're not relying on the revenue from those sites. No, but no. you know, iMore and the Verge are. Of right? course, yes. And uh, you know, and often in the case of say the Verge, for example, they they are owned by parent companies who who sort of give them their marching orders. You know, this is how you're going to run your site, and the people that work for them are you know. Uh, told what to do basically so um and and this is obviously also like a um uh, an effect that has occurred in a creeping fashion over years you know like they they started out with um you know one particular ad network and then added another added another added another and then suddenly you know three years later it's a monster right mm-hmm. um not not what anyone intended but now they're they're you know addicted to that revenue you know and they have no other model for earning it right mm-hmm. so i think one of the things I think that's becoming clear is if ad blocking technology continues to have this profound influence over the revenues of large media websites, they are going to be forced to open their own ad sales departments mm-hmm. and host their own ads, right? Like they used to do in the old like days. Like they yeah. used to do in the old days. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a tried and true method, um, and they shouldn't have too much trouble. Like, did, was it uh, Jaime or, or you, Tim, that mentioned Lex Friedman last week, who's got his own podcast ad network? Probably me. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And um, uh, I can't remember what it's called either. It's unfortunate. But, um, you know, like that that's a guy that sort of uh, put his shingle out and is, is sort of serving as an ad sales team to podcasts. And there's no reason why a similar business couldn't come about for websites, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, we'll give you the capability as like if, if this is so out of your your experience that you can't manage this will give you something like an open x <laughs> yeah. but not open 
bucks uh, <laughs> and uh, you know we'll we'll sell you we'll sell the positions um, and they'll be hosted on your own site you know so we can do that you know like, like this you don't have to go out of business you have to stop being a dirtbag that's that's yeah, the big that's thing. the bottom line and, and I think that's the reason why ad blockers need to exist is because of the dirtbags out there absolutely or and douchebags as, as Jaime likes to call them mm-hmm. yeah or or just plain old d bags yeah. <laughs> so that's, yeah and so plenty can, of opportunity out there too. Like looking at the top of the charts right now, at number four on the paid category is Purify at a dollar ninety nine US. Mm-hmm. Um, notably, Crystal has fallen to, 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 to number forty seven, despite oh, the yes. fact that it is ninety nine cents or half the price of Purify. And but do you know why, right? Yes, because as far as we know, we we believe they might have uh, crossed the line in terms of being compromised, right? Like indeed. Um, it's possible that they might do this uh, acceptable ads with scary air quotes mm-hmm. thing uh, properly. Um, and, and that that actually is something that Crystal themselves admitted to that this is a feature that they were going to be doing. Acceptable they're ads. They're going to allow certain ads to get through, irrespective of the fact that you want to block whatever. That's right. right? They're going to partner with potential advertisers and yeah, that, that come up me, with this concept. That sounds of, like a, that sounds like you know having your cake and eat it too, right? So, totally. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very, very dirty. And, uh, and that got out, man. And I think uh, the the response has been predictable. It has been swift. And yeah. uh, that's why they're at 47 now and purifies it by the top. Well, so Jaime, Jaime posted yeah. a link here about an open source um, uh, ad blocker. Yes, it is called um, Block Party by Krishna right. Kumar from uh, Toronto. How about that? Ooh. Uh, maybe you've the seen six. him at Taco. <laughs> so no. it's a... Uh, I have not tried it myself, but it looks like it's a fairly straightforward, simple implementation of a um, Safari content blocker. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, as I mentioned there, it has the <laughs> blocking rules from uh, Rediff block. So it, it's not the same as like Ghostry, where they have their own like web service that continuously updates this. So, sure. well, But wouldn't this Rediff block be updated like a virus uh, definitions file sort of thing? That's what I gather from reading uh, up on this and looking at the uh, GitHub project, I've seen so many different sites that have come up with this, you know, like a bake-off kind of thing where which one of these does the best and so on and so forth. But I think like a lot of things in the content blocker space, it probably is diminishing returns, you know, to, to get that, you know, that absolute hundred percent number one priority sort of thing versus having even the most minimal effort will get you 80% of the way there. You know, if you took out, you know, double click, for example, like mm-hmm. you've taken out a huge chunk already. And if yeah, they you update, could list like five ad networks. Well, in. I'm just looking at his JSON file here for, for the list of people he's got in here. It doesn't look like it updates automatically, but I'm sure there's a way to get it to do that, right? Sure. I mean, you can update it. Um, I mean, you could even do like a pull request, right? So yeah. there's, you know, this the to-do list that's right now listed on the homepage, which is, you know, pausing the blocker, modifying, recompiling JSON rules in the app which yeah. of course would be necessary if you're going to start pulling it down. But I mean, this gives you the, the baseline, right? If you sure. listeners listening out there wanted to be the number one paid category, I mean, you could hypothetically do this. Why not? More power to the people. Yeah. Well, I mean, building a, an ad blocker application is really trivial, right? Like, there's not much to it. So it really is about the data. Yeah. And you could always open source that, you know, just like it's done here too, right? It it's, would be no different than uh, like OpenStreetMap, which is open source data that yeah, people right. collectively try to help and make better. 
I sort of had, a, had an idea for that myself while I was listening to Marco talk about uh, his ad blocker and the fact that uh, he's he's given all the code uh, to Ghostery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they they may actually uh, repurpose that if they have the capability to do so um, and put it back on the App Store. I think that's possible. That might happen. Um, but he was saying that um, he started uh, when he was building Peace, uh, he just had one rule and it just blocked all third-party JavaScript from every website. Wow. Yeah. So it blocked everything and he found it surprisingly effective. So it kind of... <laughs> this is funny, but uh, I had this thought that I wonder what would it be like, it, or if it's possible, and I think it is, that if you had a content blocker that you shipped in the App Store that had that rule and only that rule, mm-hmm. okay, and then it came with um, an extension, okay, and if you wanted to uh, make an exception of one site, then you could activate it, and that exception would be posted up to a web server which every other user of that content blocker could then download oh, okay, and add yeah. to their own extensions, right? Mm. And in no time flat, assuming you had a critical mass of people using this app, uh, you would have a very robust ad blocker that had this exception for all of these websites. Just a thought. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. Reddit? Reddit. No, write it, write it. Oh, write it. Oh, no, yeah. I got other things to do, man. Make it so. <laughs> nah, nah, no. Yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm working on a new app. Uh, now um, I've got another one, and this one is going to be very ambitious. It might take me about a year to build. Um, wow! Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't know what the hell I'm doing sometimes. <laughs> Quite a bit. So you're going iOS nine only on that one then? iOS nine, Mac OS ten, latest versions. Yep. Swift. Yay! Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. As a quick follow up, um, as of right now, and then this is Wednesday iOS 9 is at 55% wow. according to the next panel. I would have never and guessed. iOS 8, 37.84%. Holder is down almost a full percentage point to 7.11. How about that? 7.11. Yeah, 7.11, 7.11. Okay. Do they not have those in Canada? Maybe they don't have those. Yeah, well, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, okay. we do. Yeah. <laughs> big gulps here, too. Well, funny enough, I did have to enable temporarily enable mixed panel Again, just so I can see this actually <laughs> happen because I'm using Ghostery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good for you. That's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I wonder if that one percent—it's actually almost almost two percent, right? Uh, the chart I'm looking at—it started at September first. It was eight point nine percent older, and now it's seven point one percent older. So it's one point eight percent. I wonder if that's been consistent over time. That every year when the new models come out, you get roughly two percent of the people who are still holdouts on their old, you know, iPhone fours or whatever. Yeah, well, I. Yeah, I, I totally think that's the case because I see I do I know a couple of family members who still have four uh, S's and fives and stuff. So you know that they they just they don't see they use the phone as a phone and they text and go on Facebook and that's about it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So they don't really need three D touch and all that kind of stuff, right? So I'm trying an experiment on this on this um, experimental page. I'm setting the the start date to as far back as I possibly can to see if I can see this step function going down every year. Oh, iOS 9.02 came out today, and I guess you guys may have updated already. But as well, El Capitan shipped. Yeah. So what do you guys think about that? I'm happy for it. I mean, there's there's no reason not to upgrade. I, I see your, your rather leading statement here, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, Yosemite was not a steaming pile, and uh, I know you had some bad experiences with it, but that was not a, a common experience. A lot of people had bad experience with it. Well, you know, get, give me your numbers and we'll talk. 
but uh, I don't. Well, don't you remember uh, when we first? You can go back and look at old ep- older episodes. Yeah. Oh no, no, I definitely we, remember we you remember, complaining about it. Well, yeah, but you were too. You also had problems with airdrop and and for the longest time. And well, yeah, that and, was that was Discovery D, right? Yeah, and then there yeah, was, that's, right. again, that's what I mean. Like, you don't know what's oh, necessarily okay. under the hood until you really dig into it. And then there was there was that, and there was another issue that I had with with Xcode uh, not trusting my devices or forgetting that it trusted the, the devices. And yeah, but that, and it seemed that's like, a one off. Yeah, but it seemed like you. when we were talking about it, Aaron, it, there were you know you had said I remember you saying specifically that there were everybody there were a group of groups of people who had similar issues, but they weren't consistent across the board. Yeah, and it turns out, like, afterwards, we we discovered that it was all Discovery D. Oh, really? Right. Yes. Mm. Oh, yes. Discovery D, like a crappy DNS server, yeah. uh, is responsible for, like, a broad diversity of of mm. issues with the operating system. And it, it turned my, my home network into a crap fest. Yeah. Um, it, it made AirDrop stop working. Um, gave me, like, 30 copies of, like... My, my max name on the network and right um and it caused all kinds of of weird behavior but mm-hmm. um that was that was one thing and they fixed it they fixed it midstream right so will lcap be a steaming pile like that no no it's not going to be a steaming pile like that that's that's my answer well so i mean does that mean you're going to upgrade today and, i i and... upgraded uh oh you did already yeah, I, i've been running the gm since it came out oh, okay yeah um so what do you what do you other two guys think i have not upgraded yet I'm probably going to do it overnight tonight just because mm-hmm. I was, you know, busy today. Couldn't mm-hmm. take the time. I've heard reports that uh, it takes up less space on your device in some cases. That may, is that, does it do the same app thinning that uh, iOS 9 does? You guys know? Mm. I actually don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Tim. What was the question? Yeah, I've had I've had some people say today that they once they had once they got it once they finally got it to download and had it installed on their devices, they found that they actually had more space on their device after it finished installing. Oh no, I don't know about that. Um, yeah, it's possible, but uh, I didn't observe that. Uh, one one thing that you know I have noticed though is that um, on my MacBook, uh, it feels faster and uh, it seems to be better on the battery too. Uh, and that's something I've heard from other people as well, that uh, it's just uh, it's a more efficient OS in terms of resource usage. So that might well include disk storage as well. Um, but but it's running great for me. Yep. So that's it. We're all yeah. going to upgrade to LCAP. You know what? I'm going to let you guys go first. <laughs> that's usually what I do, too. So I, I have not yet upgraded, but I probably yeah. will uh, later today or perhaps tomorrow. I always like yeah. to see, you know, all the different forums, like the dev forums and Ars Technica, yeah. The Verge, these big sites, see what sorts of things with all those millions of people. What do they run into in terms of issues? Yeah. Um, yeah. As well, I mean, we, we see this every time that there's new software coming out from Apple. Everybody and their brother rushes to try to get it. And it's like, oh, no, it's not working for me. It's like, yeah, obviously it's not because everybody and their brother is, is trying to download you know, destroying the internet by just all trying to get all these bits. Yeah, so much screw their cap, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the the ratings on the App Store for El Capitan are are amazingly good. Yeah. Uh, so there's a total of in the U.S. at least there's a total of one thousand two hundred twenty seven ratings, mm-hmm. of which one thousand ninety nine are five stars, sixty seven are four stars, sixteen are three stars, seven are two stars, and thirty eight are one stars. Wow. So I, I don't think I've ever seen ratings for a new version that. Yeah, good. those are great numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. wow. it's it's like and for me it's been working really well. Um, some of the things I like um, that I've noticed at least the new mission control is really cool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've been obviously uh, experimenting with the the new split screen modes that allow you to have two windows side by side on the same full screen view. Mm-hmm. Um, with Magpie, it's really sweet, and uh, as apps add support for their full screen modes, uh, it's really nice. Uh, especially when you're dealing with larger apps uh, like Safari, for example, like does not necessarily belong in a full full screen, right? But as say a two thirds screen, it, it works really well with say, um, you know, I can I'm hoping for a Twitter um, like like Tweetbot, for example, for the Mac, which was renewed recently, um, does not work in a full screen mode. But I'm hoping that support's coming. Um, in the sidebar view, you know, the um, notification center, mm-hmm. uh, you can now add your uh, Find My Friends in there so you can swipe out the right side of your trackpad and you can see the find my friends which is pretty cool and the new notes app is really freaking amazing um i use notes all the time and uh, it's got a lot of great new features but you have to migrate to icloud for that uh but it works very well but oh that's different than cloud drive or whatever it is we have now what do we have now because i I, because your your notes is currently working on an imap disk right so, oh, IMAP. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So when you when you step up to LCAP um, and iOS nine, uh, you will be invited to migrate to iCloud. Yes. yes. For that, um, and once you do on one device, then you know you should do it on all your devices. Well, so that's where my question was going because I saw that invite come on my on my. I'm a big Notes user myself, but I saw that come on my uh, phone. But I, yeah. I'm still on uh, Yosemite on my. Yeah, I'm using iCloud Drive on Yosemite. So that has to. I have to migrate that as well, or so I might as well upgrade to LCAP on my Mac as well if I'm going to go that way, right? Is That's that right. Saying? You you have to upgrade to LCAP in order to use uh, your notes with uh, iCloud across the board. Yeah, across the board. Hmm. So there you go. Um, but uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, so far, so good. Yeah, I think everything's worked pretty well. You know, one thing that stopped working for me actually were my. I had some cron jobs. Yeah. I've got like a, a couple of scripts that I have run every morning during the week. One of them yeah. pulls my uh, my crossword puzzle from a website that I use. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like in the morning, a PDF of today's crossword appears in a folder on my computer. Another script, and that one keeps working. That hasn't been a problem. But another script um, runs a Ruby on Rails application server that I have on my Mac uh, yeah. to send me an email. And that stopped working <laughs> once mm-hmm. I upgraded to LCAP. Well, let me um, ask, do you ask, do you do your crons by command line? or? Yeah, that's what I had been doing. Um, but uh, with, there's, with... There's an app I used to use called Chronix. I don't know if it's still around. Uh, maybe, but uh, that that's not the problem. Um, I know Cron. And I know, yeah, I know how I know. to use the command line, but yeah. something changed in LCAP, and I have no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided to switch over to LaunchD, which is okay. the, yeah. the blessed way of doing uh, system tasks yes. on the Mac, and mm-hmm. has been for a few years now. Um, so I, I migrated those jobs to LaunchD tasks, and uh, and now we're fine again. All good, yeah. Yeah, and I noticed uh, SuperDuper, which is uh, Dave Nanian's most excellent disk uh, duplicating utility. Right. Um, if you're upgrading to LCAP, make sure you get the update from him. Mm-hmm. Um, it also uses LaunchD now. It used to use Cron to uh, do its schedule tasks. So, like, yeah, I have yeah. I have uh, SuperDuper run at, at uh, 12:30 every day um, when I go to the second cup on my desktop <laughs> Mac. Right. Take yeah. my MacBook, I go to the cup, and then my iMac then at that point runs the backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're an assassin, by the way, it's really easy yeah. to knock me off because yeah, I'm just, just pretty pretty regular. <laughs> so, um, but that switched to a launch D task from a cron task. I noticed. Um, mm. So Dave Nanian knows something that I didn't know, 
hey, he he knows a lot that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I've, uh, I've, I've always used um, Carbon Copy Cloner instead of Super Duper. But, See, I've uh, always been a Super Duper fan, and uh, I know Carbon Copy Cloner has improved a lot over the years. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I've, I've always been a huge fan of Super Duper. Yeah, I've paid for. It used to be Donationware, and I used to donate That's right. to them all the time. But uh, yeah, now it's uh, now, now it's, it's fully just, commercial. Yeah, so it's you know maybe it's time to switch to Super Duper. Who knows? Well, they work, right? That's the thing. Like they both work. So you know, if you're happy yeah. with with uh, CCC, then keep it up. No, no yeah. reason not to use it. But yeah. uh, if if for God's sakes, if you're not using something, right? Yeah. That then you've got a problem. Yeah. Stop okay, listening. If to you're this podcast yeah, stop right listening. Now. If you're not podcast, backing up your data, stop listening. Get the hell out of your house right now. Go to your electronics <laughs> store, buy a two terabyte hard drive, come back, plug it into your Mac, leave it plugged in, and get super duper, and then <laughs> start duplicating. For God's sakes. What's the yeah. get, just stop right now and shake your head, just shake it. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Crazy people, <sighs> crazy, crazy, insane. People. I don't even know what they're thinking. Oh, I know. So, what's what the advantage of using Super Duper over something just like Time Machine, for example? Oh, okay. Well, I can answer that one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am using Time Machine as well. I've got another drive that's um, mm-hmm. that's running Time Machine backups, and uh, Time Machine is great for recovering work that you have lost. So, uh, because it does snapshots every hour, right? So then, if uh, you're working on a file and uh, you've lost it, for example, Time Machine is great for picking out an individual file from the mm-hmm. oper- from the file system somewhere that um, that is either gone or has changed in a way that you can't get back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't actually use Time Machine that often, but just having that there is such a comfort to me. Um, it's gotten however, a lot better in Yosemite. It used to be a real dog when it came to restoring files before. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I've, I've used it quite a bit, and I've, I've always been pleased with it. It's, um, you know, because it's just, it's, it's reliable, and it's just using the drive that's plugged in there, and finding the files, because you can go to any directory in the, fo- in the finder, and activate Time Machine from there, and you're brought to a view where you can actually look at that directory um, as far back as Time Machine has snapshots. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a wonderful service, but it's not for a catastrophic failure of your hard drive. Um, When that occurs, or if that occurs, but yeah, actually when that occurs, uh, a Time Machine can't be something that you plug in and get up again. So uh, if that happens, then what you have to do is go to the store, buy a replacement hard drive, and then come back, plug it into your Mac, get a new operating system running on that new drive, and then do a migration from the time machine to Which these. Takes 14 hours. Oh, yeah, it takes, yeah, your, your day's gone, basically. Yeah. Um, but with a super duper backup or a copy, copy cloner backup, um, that disk is bootable and you can, you can be up and running within the minute. Yeah. So, so what I so what I do like for, as an example with with Carbon Copy Cloner and you can do this to Super Duper too is before I update to El Capitan I will clone my my Yosemite drive so it's like so I could boot from that drive and as far as my I'm concerned it's the same computer right like it looks yeah. the same everything's yeah. in the same place and and it has all the Mac kernel stuff that we that you need to boot your device and so you know if if all hell breaks loose and I hate El Capitan, I can go back to Yosemite by just recloning the drive back. You know that's exactly as a, as a backup plan for doing an upgrade. You know, yep, that's right. So that's the way to go. Um, so that's why I've got those two. And um, as a third layer of redundancy, I'm on Crash Plan. Yeah, me too. And uh, so um, I've got a constant uh, task running in the background of just making sure the Crash Plan is kept up to date with my my boot disk. Now, do you um, keep you do crash plan in your house, or do you go to an off-site storage somewhere? No, it's it's the actual crash plan service. I'm paying fifteen dollars okay. a month for it for the unlimited family plan. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I get I think up to five computers that I can yeah. back up to with an unlimited amount of data. 
Yeah. Well, I work with a with a Canadian. Yeah, I know. We've talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Background backup, and they're actually in the Defen bunker in Ottawa, Ottawa. which is yeah. which is what was designed for the Parliament to go running down if there was a nuclear war. So at least my backups are safe, and I don't have to worry about Sarah Palin getting elected president and closing the border. Oh, come on. You don't have to worry about Sarah Palin getting elected either. <laughs> you have to worry about Donald Trump getting elected. Yeah, I, I don't true. believe. I'm that's not worried true. about that either. So do that any of you guys, so while we're on the topics of backups and storage and things, do any of you guys use a RAID? Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, have my, I have downstairs on my, on my mini server, I have a, a Drobo, which is a sort of a um, Oh, yeah, I've got a Drobo. RAID, yeah. Yeah, I've got a Drobo. It's a, it's a RAID. It's sort of beyond what they call Beyond RAID, but yeah, it's, it's redundant drives, and uh, I keep, my, keep look, all my archival stuff down there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, what I like about Drobo is if one drive fails, you can just pop a new drive in, and you yep. can always expand it by putting a larger drive in. But I've always used RAID technologies on my servers, right? So. But for right, your yeah. development machines, you don't? No, I just have my little MacBook one one yeah. drive, but I do have like I have on the shelf over there. I've got I've listened to Aaron a while ago, and I, no, I didn't listen to Aaron, but I've got a one terabyte drive. And in fact, I moved my my iTunes backup to for my phones to the to an external drive too because of the amount of space the backups were taking. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, no. Uh, it, whenever I can, I use RAID. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I've got you, a Drobo uh, connected to my TV Mac, and that mm-hmm. one is also backed up to CrashPlan. Right, right, yeah, and, and the nice thing about CrashPlan too is you don't you don't back up things that you like. It, it's not CrashPlan isn't meant to be a complete backup either. It's meant to be like your home directory stuff. Or in my case, I use my development directory for my server, my web web stuff, my my SQL databases, as well as my home folder. I don't back up music and uh, you know zip files and DMGs because because I'm paying for data going out of my house, right? And and that's stuff I don't necessarily need to get back, but. I've got other other points of uh, backup, but it's so it's it's not like you can't boot from a crash plan backup. At least the data is there, like your working files, you know, your email, whatever archival stuff you have out there. So, um, but I also use I also have a crash plan instance downstairs. So my Drobo is also crash plan for all of my devices. So if I want to restore a file from crash plan, I just log on, I open up crash plan, and say restore it from the server in the basement as opposed to the server in Ottawa. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's but that's uh, you know inside your house, and if something happens to your house, the yeah, great thing about being in Ottawa is it's exactly redundant, you know. Yeah. But um, you know, despite so, that, I have I have little dreams about one day getting a Synology, which is a um, you know like a, a, a network access storage a NAS server mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, network attached storage. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. um, those babies are kind of pricey, but they come with a lot of great features, you know, like you can plug a bunch of drives into them, similar to a Drobo, but uh, it's also got, uh, it's basically a Linux computer, mm-hmm. so you can run a lot of software on top of it, and it can act as like a time machine destination, um, it can act as um, arbitrary storage for any computer on the network, um, and it's, uh, you know, pretty fast. Um, and so it can be like one location that can serve like all the machines that are at my home. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can partition so, it so you can have multiple exactly. yeah, you can have multiple copies of each machine or whatever you want to do. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. If it's yeah. network attached, you don't even have to have all that music on your computer. You just wherever you are in the world, you just connect to that. As long as you have a network connection, you just connect to your 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 NAS box and you're you're good. Exactly right. You know, and that's sort of the thing I, I like the thought of. Um because right now like I've got uh my computer, my iMac uh in my office has a two terabyte drive attached to it. 
which is partitioned into like a time machine and um, external storage for iTunes and iPhoto or sorry, photos now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my wife has a similar setup too, because, you know, we've got computers that have very, you know, relatively little onboard storage, right? So being able to uh, outboard those really um, high gigabyte volume files mm-hmm. uh, is great, but you have to be attached to these damn things to use them, right? If you've got a Synology in your basement that's just basically broadcasting your high volume files over the network, then that's very interesting. Yeah, as long as but they are kind of pricey. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah. I, I don't know how worried I am about that, but uh, you know, I guess it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I posted this this piece about uh, iFixit getting pulled from the App Store for for taking apart their Apple TV developer kit and publishing it, I guess, to the to the web or whatever, um, or writing about it. And so, but the question that I want to raise is. Um, the sort of loose way that Apple is dealing with NDAs these days, I'm not, I'm never really sure anymore what we're allowed to talk about, what we're not allowed to talk about. You know, obviously, I, I mean, like the betas have been coming public now. And do you guys have any thoughts on that or any knowledge on that? On the NDAs? Well, yeah, like uh, there's there's no NDA on operating systems right now. So iOS 9 and OS 10, because they're, you know, you can test this yourself by going to developer.apple.com and you have access to all the stuff you know like you've access to the wwc videos uh to the documentation so without even logging in you mean yeah without logging in yeah um but uh for the apple tv uh they were very clear um you know even i was aware of this and i didn't even get one but they Mm -hmm. stated it right up front when you entered the lottery for the apple tv Mm -hmm. uh that uh, you are not going to be able to talk about this thing at all Mm. um and I think, you know, uh, I haven't actually gone out looking for information about it, about right. the Apple TV. Uh, but, you know, like, it hasn't been put in front of me either. Let me put it that way. Um, you know, I'm not seeing a lot of talk about it on Twitter, for example. All the developers that got an Apple TV, including yeah. yourself, Tim, yeah. um, haven't been blabbing about it, you know. and mm-hmm. um, Which, you know, I think suggests that Apple's message got through to everyone except for iFixit. I don't know. <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, they uh, they got their asses handed to them today yeah. by Apple. Like their their app was pulled from the store, the developer account was closed, and yeah. they are out of business um, when as it comes to the App yeah. Store as developers yeah. on the App Store. Yeah. Whoops! Uh, when Gruber posted about it tonight, he he made a funny analogy to the uh, the crocodile and the scorpion. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you know that story? The, the no. parable yeah. of the crocodile yeah. and the scorpion, yeah, like yeah. a, a, I know the a fox scorpion and grapes, and I know yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know, it. yeah. I so say you can't help it. I'm a scorpion, right? You know, and that's that's oh. just what I, I fix. It is, you know, they can't help being what they are. Uh, if they, you know, Apple really should have looked at the list. You know, they didn't see Aaron Van on the list. They should have put me on the list. They didn't see I fix it um, on the list of people getting one, and they right. didn't keep it away from them because they should have known what they would done have done with it. So what's They're the fools. story of the, apple, of the the crocodile and the scorpion? scorpion? Yeah, quickly. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard. Oh, you you don't know? Oh, I'm no, sorry. I I'm thought you were saying. Yeah. I love Aesop's know. fables. Come on, hit me. Okay, <laughs> a scorpion comes to a river and uh, wants to get across. He sees a crocodile and he says, "Crocodile, you know, um, let me ride on your back and mm-hmm. uh, take me across the river." And the crocodile says, "You know, that's crazy. Of course, you're a scorpion. You're gonna you're gonna sting me and I'm gonna die." Yeah. Uh, he says, "No, I promise. I'm not gonna do that." And he says, "Okay, fine." So they go across the river and just... And, and like the scorpion just, even says, you know, how, how can I sting you? Because I'll die too. So you know I won't right, sting you. Right. right. Okay. okay. So uh, as, as they're halfway across the river, the scorpion stings the crocodile and they, <laughs> the crocodile's dying. And he says, dude, why did you sting me? 
Yeah. And, you know, Scorpion says, I'm a scorpion. I can't help being what I am. And they both die. Oh. Let me see. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I fix it as the scorpion in this tale. <laughs> yeah. I love the, um, uh, the, the, the quote there. You know, unfortunately, blah, 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 no longer available. Apple sent us a developer's unit of the Apple TV, and we tore it down, which technically violated their terms and conditions. So they closed <laughs> it. It's like, no, 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 not technically, not technically. right? Don't make it sound like, oh, well, I didn't dot an I, I didn't cross a T. It's like, <laughs> you straight up violated, like, one of the principal tenets of their conditions, right? They were pretty clear like, about that. You could have torn it down, whatever. I don't think Apple's going to be mad if you tear it down publishing that on the web was going to be problematic, right? That was mm-hmm. like the first layer of, okay, you, you screwed up. And then the, including a review, you could have said, oh, look, we tore it down. Here's the pieces that we found. It could have been very factual, non-review in terms of like, oh, eight out of 10 is their repairability review, right? So like they, they knew what they were doing. And I'm kind of glad that Apple smacked them over the head, right? Just like, you know, Apple should keep uh, any Gizmodo names off the list as well. Yeah, Does Gizmodo still exist? <laughs> yeah yeah okay just checking yeah part of the whole uh gawker empire fun times man <laughs> but i feel bad for i fix it i have a lot of respect for that company uh but they um you know clearly uh didn't do the right thing there they they had to know that there would be a fallout for this well yeah they've been ripping apart equipment for years right so, of course you know but yeah. this this one came with very definite strings you know if, if, uh, if i my fix it then uh, i think the thing that you should do is wait until november when mm-hmm. the apple tv actually comes out and mm-hmm. on that day, you've already got this thing ready to go, and you're no worse for it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think without giving too much away, I can tell you that it's definitely a developer kit. It's not like it's not ready for. Oh, I did time. wonder about yeah. that. It is there. There are differences, aren't there? L- yeah, let me let me ask you this yeah. question. Sure. Um, is it I can answer like yes this? Or no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's all I'm after, actually, because okay. um, if if you if you got one of these things, yeah. would you still buy a retail unit? Yes. Yeah, so that's that suggests to me that uh, that there is some very limited aspects to this. To oh yeah, it. it's like it's 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 basically it's very it's it's stripped down. Let's put it that way. Okay. Right on. I mean, the OS has the OS is a fully functioning OS. And yes, you can put apps on your on your uh, device and see them on the screen and stuff like that. But you know, and and like I said, there last week there are some sample codes that Apple's provided in the developer library for people to download and play with. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely, as we surmised before we saw the devices, it's very similar to how we surmised it was, you know, it's basically a developer kit. You know, it might as well not be black. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, that actually makes me feel better. <laughs> it is shiny. It has an apple on it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder, if, they I wonder gonna... if iFixit actually uh, won a lottery version of it, or did they buy one from someone who won the lottery? Oh, no, they, 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 I think they, they said in their in the statement, if you look at the, I clicked on what they put they posted mm-hmm. uh, into the notes, um, it sounds to me like... Oh, yeah, they, it does say, they, you're right, Apple sent us a developer's unit of the Apple TV, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and, we, and I think, I'm not sure if Aaron was on the show, but Greg, Greg was, and, and um, you know, he talked about people getting boxes, or... G5s, I think, that had the Intel chip in them when, during that process, and they were like relatively cheap, and then people decided to keep them, and then Apple charged them $2,500 for keeping them. Yeah. yeah so. I seem to remember that people paid for those uh, Intel developer computers. I don't think they paid very much, though, that's the thing. Like, right? I, I was thinking $1,200 for some reason. Yeah. Now you're going to send me to Google. Damn you, Tim. I don't want to go to Google. That's what the host job is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Got to pull the answers out of you guys. Do we want to talk about the t-shirts from Amazon? I don't think so. 
Yeah, um, this one is uh, merch by Amazon. Merch, like as in merchandise. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, it's not just for game developers. Um, it's a way to sell on-demand uh, print, mm-hmm. you know, like T-shirts. So they're going after the Teespring market, are they? Uh, yes and no. It, it wouldn't ordinarily be worth mentioning um, because, you know, there's a billion of these different things, right? Like custom ink yeah. and so forth to do the, yeah. oh, make a T-shirt of my game logo and so forth, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The interesting twist on this one is that you can have these things promoted through Amazon's ad networks within your games. So we mentioned before, like the whole oh, you know, a- Amazon ad network that you can add and, and get paid per, you know, per hour or something like that for, mm-hmm. for users playing that. Now you actually have this opportunity to have this cross promotion with physical goods, not just, Oh, go download the latest version of game of war or angry birds <laughs> or something. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, you like my game? Great. Support me by buying my t-shirt. Awesome. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, right? It takes a lot of pieces that Amazon has, right? Its ability to do merchandise in the physical world, its ability to have games and the advertisements and link all of these things together. Yeah, so, good idea. Why quick, not? It's just, just another step method. for Amazon. Amazon goal, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Real-time feedback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Apple press release from uh, June of 2005. Okay. All right. After WWC 2005, uh, they're announcing their Intel Developer Transition Kit, which they offered uh, on their website for $999 to all ADC Select and Premier members. So there was a real cost attached to it. FYI. Friend of the show. I think she's a friend of the show. Um, I think she goes by the handle NerdGirl on Twitter. Um, is making a Swift t-shirt, which looks kind of cool. I don't know if you saw the orange one that I had um, a couple of weeks ago. That rings a bell. When I was teaching. Um, I got it through, I saw a Teespring account thing go by. Anyway, she's currently running a program on, on um, Teespring, and I'm just looking for the link here. But um, on, and she's basically got another another orange shirt with a white um, Swift logo on it that says, you know, write the code, change the world at the bottom. And if people are interested in, in getting a Swift t-shirt, it looks pretty cool. And I'll put a link up in the uh, show notes for that. I'd like to see a t-shirt. I saw that one, and um, the, the the logo takes up your entire chest area. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I, I'd like to see something a little more subtle. Little, oh, okay. Yeah, and less you know, like the maybe? Apple t-shirts? <laughs> no, 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 the orange is fine. It's the size yeah, yeah. of the Swift logo. Um, yeah. You know how Apple does their t-shirts, and they've just got the, the single, rather small logo right in the middle of your chest? Or in the back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in the back sometimes, yeah. you know, but you know how they do that, right? Yeah. Um, that's the sort of thing I'm thinking of. Mm. That'd be nice. Mm. If someone did or maybe like a that. small a little, little like Lacoste logo, kind of in the Ooh, like breast embroidered? pocket area. Yeah, yeah. Oh, embroidered. Nice. Oh, here it is. Nerd Girl nineteen is who I'm looking for. Hit us in the um, in the chat here. Give me give me a link. Give me. Sure. Oh, I'll grab your hands. Down. Give me that link. I want the link. Dang, Come on, dang, link dang. me up. Slow down. Dying here. This one's a black one, so but she's probably got more there. I think I'll go into Teespring. Make my yeah, own. Well, at least, at least you can you can find her. Yeah, I mean that's the other option is just go and make one. But anyway, the, the idea behind yeah, these too big. is too big. What's too big? Sorry, nerd girl, but your 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 Swift is too big. <laughs> I can't handle your Swift being that big. Yeah, surprising that there's not as many, you know, innovative T-shirts out there regarding Swift. Uh, they they almost all have the huge Swift logo. In fact, the yeah, only innovation yeah. I've seen whatsoever is uh, in ladies' fashion, where both uh, Natasha the robot. And uh, Ayaka and Anaka have had uh, God, I love like swift, um, what are they, like skirts? I don't know. It's like a full dress that mm. has uh, 
it's like a navy blue, but it's got little swift white uh, bird logos on it. Mm-hmm. So from a distance, it kind of just looks like a normal, you know, you, know you, you look like a normal functional human being. Like a polka dot dress kind of thing? Yeah, it, kind of like that kind of pattern. Oh, but so you get up close, it's like, oh, it's actually a swift logo. It's like, oh, that's yeah. neat. I like the t-shirt that Vicky Wonderlich designed for the RW DevCon last year, which says, eat, drink, swift. Mm. It's got a hamburger, a, bu- a mug of beer, and a swift logo. Oh, that's, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. But they're mm. hard to come by. All right, so let's wrap it up like we usually do and go around the table and see if anybody has any picks, and we'll stop at Aaron. Aaron, do you have a pick? I do. This is a, a little app that's been around for some time now, actually. It's called Lingon. Mm-hmm. And what it does is, uh, referring right back to earlier in the show, talking about uh, going in LCAP and uh, having to create tasks for LaunchD. Mm-hmm. Uh, because my LaunchD foo is is weak to non-existent, but my D foo is pretty good. But I can't use that talent anymore, on the Mac at least. Mm. So Lingon is a, a GUI tool that allows you to create LaunchD tasks. Where and has so this you been, can, this app? I don't Holy know. Been, I think it's been, look, looking at the site, it looks like it's been around for a long time. Um, <laughs> um, it's, it's old school, baby. This is like a classic old school, you know, shareware type of uh, indie developer kind of guy. Cool. I think yeah. Peter Borg, and so uh, he's got a few apps. Uh, Smalltron is probably his most famous one, I think. Ah, um, I a text editor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lingon is um, uh, Lingon is his, and uh, you know, it's just a very simple tool, right? Like all it does is create these plist files that get dropped into the appropriate place on your system to run these tasks, um, cool. and it it does exactly what it says on the tin. It works great. $10 on the Mac App Store, but I recommend you actually buy it from the website. Link yes. in the show notes. Um, actually, because of functionality. Um, as you know, uh, Mac App Store apps are sandboxed, yeah. and so um, you have to like do some hoop jumping in order to get the thing to work uh, if you want to run a task that uh, is run at the system level. So if you get the one from his website, then it doesn't have those limitations. That would be getting on X2. Especially uh, on three, yes. the very bottom of the page. Yeah. Uh, so that's the one I have, and uh, it works great. Does exactly what it says, and um, saved my bacon. Got me to got my crosswords back. Got my um, my uh, my daily email from my application server back. Yeah. Everybody's happy. Um, cool. Laying on. So check it out. So Jaime, do you have a pick? I do. Um, it's a game called Shooty Skies. It is. Uh, <laughs> Is actually technically not from it's it's so the name is a play on Crossy Road. It's it's not actually by Obviously. Hipster Whale, but it does have no, a couple of not. developers from Hipster Whale as well as a couple of other Australian developers who've come together to create this voxel style cutesy game called Shooty Skies. It's a endless arcade flyer, very similar to the game nineteen forty two. If you ever played that in the arcades or very similar to Geese Squad too. Never mind. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I would give 1942 a lot of credit for that kind of game, though, right? Like, yeah, that was a, a very awesome classic game from the 1980s. Um, it was a movie, actually, originally, wasn't it? Or John Belushi. Belushi. Never mind, go ahead. Right. And in any case, it's it's kind of what you would imagine if you took the art style um, and monetization and mechanics from Crossy Road and translated them into a, you know, you're flying a airplane Sure. And you're shooting at enemies, and you fight bosses, and you have the bullet hell things where everything is exploding and flying around you, and it's actually a lot of fun. Um, it's actually also fairly generous with its uh, its freebie scheme. I think it's 
far more generous than Crossy Road was, uh, from what I recall. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't well, know if Crossy that's a change. Road is very generous. It is, uh, and, and this is even more so. So I'm not sure if that's um, like a change in business practice or if they're tuning the game differently somehow. Hmm. It's fun. Hmm. It's worth checking out, and um, it's got a lot of personality, as you would expect. You know, all the different characters radically change the game and how it works. Um, mm. For example, I've gotten two different characters for free, one of which is the basically the easy mode. It's an alien called Graph, which turns everything into black and white except for you know the bullets and the enemies, which is great because it helps you know to not get distracted by everything going on in the background below. Mm-hmm. And then there's what's essentially hard mode, which is selfie cat, which takes selfies of himself every once in a while while you're flying. So it just like, it blocks part of the screen. You can't see that corner and you see a little picture of himself while he's flying. It's nice. It's amusing. That's worth checking out. And I mean, part of the reason to to bring it up even here beyond just the, Oh, look, it's fun. It's, it's a nice little time waster for folks is like, this is, you know, yet another important lesson about like, if you can get this IP or you can get this technology that works out pretty well for you in one area, you can find other ways to put it together and continue to be successful. Right. Mm-hmm. Hipster whale with, with uh, crossy road. Um, we of course saw the, um, the Pac-Man, Pac-Man 256 piece and now shooty skies. I mean, these, these folks are just raking in buku bucks. Very interesting. Typical Jaime pick. <laughs> no, I, I like games a lot. Mark, do you have a pick? I have a typical Mark pick. Okay. Which is no pick. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to come off with some really cool technology that no. Apple you discovered, you know, new audio streaming format technology that we've all forgotten about. Uh, no, not this time. No. But well, maybe right. one thing. So, Mark, you came to mind when the news article, and we didn't talk about this, but the news article came out about the, um, the new chips being done by both Samsung and TSMC. Mm. Yeah. Any yeah. like any thoughts on that? This is this is very interesting actually to me uh, because one of the most difficult things to do is have the same functional chip in two different technologies, uh, sixteen nanometer and fourteen nanometer, uh, and the fact that they're doing that is is, is actually quite interesting. The reason that, the reason it's hard is because these things are so sensitive. You think two nanometers is not a big deal, but but they're so sensitive to tiny little layout changes and and the way that the the metal lines are routed over the the transistors and all that and and these things have like you know 10 or 12 layers of 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 metal interconnects and and just to be able to get the timing right is 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 pretty amazing to me so Mm -hmm. kudos to them um you know maybe that the the tools have gotten a lot better i've been involved in this for a few years so uh maybe maybe it's just that the tools have gotten better but still pretty impressive to me Mm. Cool. And and do you suspect that there would be any noticeable difference from a user perspective or from a developer perspective? Like, does this have any impact whatsoever? Um, well, in theory, no, it should not have any impact whatsoever because because these things being you know kind of general purpose chips, right? A microprocessor is a kind of a general purpose thing that just has to run other code. Uh, the underlying code has has to be pretty stable and pretty constant uh, in order for it to work at all. You know, with the, running the same software, so I wouldn't expect any major differences. There may be tiny performance differences. Uh, the 14 nanometer one ought to be faster than the 16 nanometer one, just in general, because the smaller the transistors are, the the faster things go in general. But they might have you know 
tuned it down to to make it uh, comparable, just to mm. prevent all these things from happening. Mm. So yeah, so I think probably the answer is no. I wouldn't expect anything major. Right. Well, my pick is sort of a it's a link that I was uh, shown today um, by a fellow. Uh, podcaster, and it is a comparison between uh, the various models of iPhones. Um, a top photographer named Snap, 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 Snap. That's a great Lisa Bettany, co-founder yeah. of Camera Plus and Magicam. Yeah, and Camera Plus is an app you can you can get for your to improve your camera experience on your device. But she's taken the time over the years uh, to compare what. So I'm, I'm I'm at the page and I'm looking at the gummy bears on the phones in the stack. It's, it's yeah. funny. <laughs> okay, but anyway, she, what she's done, and if you look at the so there's comparison. She's taking similar shots of with the the one nine cameras, right, or nine nine devices. Um, yeah, oh she's got God. all nine in there, and she's uh, taking the same shot. With, so she must have a tripod or something. She puts them into, and then. Um, and if you click on each one of them, Aaron, it'll open up. It'll yeah, no, I'm accordion. looking at this. This is fantastic. So, uh, so she's got everything from the original iPhone to the iPhone 6S, and it's amazing the quality of photography. Even even between the iPhone 6 and 6S, there's there's a noticeable difference in terms of you know she's done low light shoots, she's done um, backlits with you know uh, something in the foreground with a, with a backlit background. Uh, she's done macros. She's done detail shots where you zoom in on things. She's done early morning sunrises, different kinds of shots. And it's amazing like to see them side by side, the comparison of the various cameras and how they've improved over the over the years. And some of it's through, you know, optical stability technologies and some of it's through better, you know, better quality cameras. The iPhone always gets knocked for not being the greatest digital camera out there on a on a mobile device, but Seriously? It makes it makes phone calls too. Remember, folks, right? So, oh my so, so to address what you just said, Tim, and and, yeah. and and Aaron's disbelief, I think Tim is correct in that I would say it gets unfairly knocked for yeah. not being the absolute best in all possible cases. Uh, even yeah. though in general it probably is top three. My understanding but, is that like the the the, the specs of the of the phone camera are not the best out there. They never have right. been, mm-hmm. but the quality of the shots that you get out of them are the best. That's my understanding. I you, would, you, you take that argument to a, an Android group? Like Why would I talk to them? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's yeah, true. but like I've seen Andy Anako, for example, for yeah. uh, many years, used yes. to do comparisons. And he'd get Android phones and iPhones, and he'd go around taking pictures and show them compare yeah. them yeah and the iphone consistently took better shots i don't know if that's still the case though like uh it's it's probably been a couple years since i've seen him do that yeah. there is a difference like a notable difference between the 6 and the 6s yeah for sure uh it is it is absolutely a better camera a lot sharper but holy picture. crap look how lousy the original iphone was what a farce <laughs> that thing is a farce well hey i remember the quick take camera which was one of the very first digital cameras on the market yeah, and it was right. a steaming pile of ugh. Yeah, the 3G. Where does it actually get good? Is it the 4? I think it's the 4 where it actually becomes not absolutely yeah. gobsmackingly yeah, bad. Yeah, where it doesn't look like a digital photo, yeah. Uh, and the 4S is actually a huge improvement. Wow, this is great. I mean, what a resource. Yeah, it's cool, eh? Uh, it really is. Uh, and I can see her continuing this. Oh, it looks like she has. She's been doing it's, this since the 4S came out. Sure, yeah. Fascinating. What a great resource. Cool. Yeah, so that's snap, snap, snap dot photos. Lisa um, okay. Real-time feedback. Uh, Jaime? Yes? Shooty Skies. Oh, my God. That is so much fun. 
I just played around uh, a few rounds actually, and I've got the hang of it now. And uh, this is a wow! That's so much fun. <laughs> it's funny in terms of in terms of real time feedback. I don't know when Jaime heard about it, but I just heard about that maybe about two hours ago. That that uh, that game. So yeah, it I, just I heard came about out it when to, it came out. I think it came out today, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Double check the, uh, oh, the iTunes page. How do you spell shooty? S H O O T Y. I thought he said shooty. <laughs> I typed shooty skies into. There's a link in the app store. Show notes. Oh, there it is. Okay, mm-hmm. I found it. Yeah, released. Uh, oh, I guess it was released yesterday, but it's been talked about for a couple days now. Uh, prior mm-hmm. to that, so that's kind of how I knew it was coming. Fun game. It actually does have. Like I thought it would have the same mechanic as uh, Crossy Road, like with the swipe, swipe to move. But uh, it's just finger on and move it back and forth and there, and you're shooting the whole time. It's fun. Right, and you can power up by not yeah, not touching by not the shooting. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's actually uh, it's really nice. Give it a shot. Good Whoa. lord, what's wrong with you people? It's free, and then go out and get a backup drive and get super duper. What's the matter with you? Yeah, yeah. I don't even yeah. know what to say to you anymore. <sighs> oh, well. All right, so <laughs> that's it for the week, and we'll say goodbye once again. So, uh, Aaron, if people were looking for you on the interwebs, where would they go? Go to Twitter at Aaron Vay or go to magpievideo.com and find out about this silly little app I made. Which I posted a picture of it new, that now supports multitasking. Yes, it does. On the iPad Air 2. OS ten version is coming at some point. It's been in review for a week now. Cool. And cool. that's uh, compatible with oh, LCAP. Oh, hey, speaking of, of uh, we had a, one of our apps rejected, which has been on the store for three years now. Because the first shot in the in the onboarding screen shows a generic phone, like a generic, like an artist rendering of a mobile phone, a mobile device. Yeah. Apple rejected it because it it to them it it promoted another platform. Oh my good lord! Yeah. I thought you weren't supposed to use an iPhone. No, you can use iPhones now. That's that's been lifted. That's that's in the in the screenshots. But this was this was actually in the on one of the onboarding stock art photography photos on the on the app. That's been there for three years. Like you couldn't possibly have reviewed our app without seeing that image. Oh my gosh! Right. Know, well, eh? so so I had responded to I, I think yeah. that one. I I'll caveat this by saying like I think it's it's first of all I'm not the art pretty. director or the creative director. Yeah, it's it's pretty heavy-handed that they would stop and say, oh, you're supporting another platform. It's like, what do you mean? This is just, like, yeah. supposed to be the concept of a phone, yes. right? Yeah. And what I can see that they're saying is there are two little discs to the left and right of what would be sure. the home button on the iPhone. Which you need a retina, retina screen to see, apparently. Yeah, yeah, and I think they might have, they may not have been able to see the high quality <laughs> before, and now they can. Like, hey, what's that? But I, this, I, app, this app isn't available for any other platform, right? No, and, and it's been featured as an iOS-only app for many years, like featured by Apple for that. Yeah, so why don't you go to the Resolution Center and list all those things, see what happens. Oh, I don't know. You, you know what? The, the, the client just basically went and just ripped, ripped the phone right out of the picture. Yeah, yeah, right. so, okay. yeah. You have to guess that it's a mobile device now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a metaphor, for Christ's sake. Anyway, yeah, Crazy. there you go. There you go. Um, so, Jaime, where can people find you on the interwebs? <laughs> on Twitter as at Dev of the Hair. And Mark? Mark R at smapsoft.com. And once again, my name is Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on Twitter. is probably the best way to get a hold of me. And that's it. We'll see you again for episode 60 next week. Woo! Woo! All right, good night. Okay, bye.
If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the items we talked about and links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website. And if you can, please write a review on iTunes. It really helps others find out about the show. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com. Thanks again for listening. Okay, that's it. We're all picked so, out. So I had, a, I had a chance to tell a political joke, which I don't get to tell very often, but um, Donald Trump and, and Justin Trudeau are walking along the road, and they find a, geni- a genie in a bottle, and they release the genie, and the genie says, I'll grant you both one wish. And Donald Trump goes, that's easy. I want you to build a 100-foot wall all the way around the United States to keep all those immigrants out. And Justin Trudeau says, fill it with water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. He's so smart. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how smart he is. Did you ever see the um, documentary on Crosswords? No, of course not. I'll I'll have to find, dig it up and find it. I saw it once on on PBS. It was pretty cool. It's amazing. All the people around the world who do crosswords on a daily basis, like Jon Stewart and a bunch of other, you know, really cool people talking about the whole thing about crosswords and the history of them and stuff like that. It's cool. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Um, I I tend to do two of them a day. Not not difficult ones, but yeah. uh, you know, um, challenging enough. You know, sometimes they're like stupid easy. Sometimes yeah. they're like preposterous and like, what were they even thinking with this clue? But yeah. um, I I do enjoy doing them. Yeah, Carol does does a crossword every day too. So at least one or two. Yeah, it's part of our problem solving brains. You know, as programmers, I think a lot of programmers like to do crosswords. Well, you'll because have to watch it's... the documentary and find out. Well, uh, I guess I could. <laughs> <laughs> I could. Or I could just do a crossword. <laughs> That's true. It's true. So what is what is the word for that thing? Uh, never mind. Oh, wait. Before we go, what? I was going to make a comment about how cheery Aaron must be today because the, the uh, Blue Jays. Blue Jays clinched the AL East. Woohoo! <laughs> yes. uh, you're going to lose me here now. <laughs> oh, the, the Canadian content earlier on wasn't enough, eh? Well, yeah, yeah. Hey, at least the Red Sox aren't in last place. They're not There's in last that. place? They're not, They're not in last place. place. No. Well, would that be... I, I'm not even keeping track of these peons anymore. Would that be Tampa? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is it Tampa in last place? Yeah, maybe Baltimore. Once now that we're in the playoffs, does it matter Baltimore. who's, like... Show me the Well, AM we're not standing. in the playoffs yet. Yet? No. Yet. Yeah, it's the Orioles in last place. Right. Yeah. However, I will point out that my Patriots are three and zero and are looking pretty strong right now. Unlike um, a certain Seattle team. Oh <laughs> man, it, everybody's like ready to jump off the bridges here. It's, it's, it's yeah. And then I'm, worry, I'm, a, a I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, worry. so I'm like, oh, oh god, but, like, yeah, how can you have a team without a quarterback and without a receiver for? You might as well just. Uh, you might as well just just not even pay attention to football at all this entire season. Just, it didn't happen, right? Exactly. With the, with the Cowboys and the Seahawks.
So the Those Pats are playing the, uh, the Seahawks, uh, not this weekend, but the weekend after. I'm sorry, not the Seahawks, the, the Cowboys in Dallas. Mm. But be, okay, uh, you're not, you're not paying attention anymore. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how badly they crush them. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron's favorite topic. Yeah, well, you know, it's always fun to watch the NFL. Um, so go for it. All right, kids. Say it, Tim. All right. And scene. And scene.